everybody. Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are the official podcast of StarWarsNewsNet.com. Uh, with me, as always, is James Bainey and Lacey Gillerin. Um, you know, small talk, little banter, cold opens. That's usually the fun deal on this show. Get things warmed up. <laughs> get the get the engines going. But we got we got a problem. Big problem. Like Han, like Han said to Enfys Nest. Big problem. People are beating the bejesus out of Baby Yoda. And it's not good, guys. It's not good. We have... So, our friend uh, Jen Marie at Across the Stars. Uh, she's the one of the longest-running Star Wars bloggers. She was on the Mando Fan Show with us. <laughs> good friend of ours. Uh, absolute... Awesome Star Wars fan, nice person, said she wanted to hear our thoughts on uh, this whole deal about the new Bop It Baby Yoda, uh, whether it should exist and whether or not it sends a bad message. And, you know, I think, Lacey, you had tweeted about it. A lot of people are, like, talking about this thing. Some people are, like, really, really upset about this thing. And Because it's really ridiculous. Yeah. So I, I got the so, yeah, what's, from what's your, Has- yeah, what's your whole t- What's your overall take on this thing? Yeah, so I got the alert from Hasbro because I get the alerts when they announce new toys. And I get this alert being like, Lacey, here are the newest toys that we're announcing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, and I usually click through and they're usually a black series. So they had like, you know, the Empire Strikes Back, uh, Carbonite scene set and all these cool things. And I'm clicking through and then I see Bop, I see a a little baby Yoda and I'm like, oh, what's that? And then I click to the next image and it's the Bop It box. And it's like Bop It, baby Yoda. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, wait, hold on a second. So, like, Bop It is definitely, like, a 90s, early 2000s toy. Right. So, you bop it, you twist it, you pull it. Right. My response is, okay, you hit it on the head, you twist its head, and you pull its feet. That, that has to be what it is, because that's what the Bop or It is. Or twist his arm. Yeah. It has to be, it, yes. Or if it's pull his ear. No, I think it's the whole head. Because that's how the Bop It is built. It's like you pull the feet. You twist the head, you bop the head. I love how Baby Yoda behind you is looking like, uh uh-oh, is that (laughs) happening? (laughs) Dead, dead, you just zoom in on his head. Uh, So this became a big deal. People are really upset about it. I was very... This is the first time hearing of it. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's amazing. That's what I love about this. I honestly... (laughs) I was in shock that this was a toy because, first of all, it is a little funny because you're like, this is so ridiculous, it's comical. But at the same time, I was like, what... Like, I pulled Madden and showed him, and he was like, you know, some kid's going to do that to their little brother, and then that's going to be the end of this toy that they're bopping people on the head. And I'm like, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know. It was very weird, especially because of the reaction people had from that punching episode of yeah. Baby Yoda. Yeah. I don't know who came up with this toy, but there's a little bit of like, what? <laughs> I'm actually more mad at these stupid clickbait websites where it's like, a slideshow right now and it's like a new toy makes users punch baby yoda to win slide i have to go to the next page and then it's like it's a version of the classic toy bop it but features baby yoda i have to go to the next page Just go to my tweet james <laughs> ad revenue it, james is, is it a website that it says like 17 reasons why you shouldn't buy bop it and it's all a slide for each reason yeah. uh, i'm not gonna awesome. lie it's Someone people would know. <laughs> so I'm not going right, to say I don't want to call anybody out right don't now. Don't get that but, ad yeah. revenue going. Um, so I think it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's one of those things where people are like pretending to be upset about it because it's like funny. Um, I don't think anyone's actually really upset about it. Maybe I'm wrong on that. But 
It's a little weird. I'll be honest. People are going to take the one behind you, that Baby Yoda, and they're going to cosplay with it at a future celebration and beat that thing up. So, I mean, it's just... Wait, that one or the other one? Because now I have two. The realistic looking one in the back, which I'm still waiting for mine. It's, it's on the way, I guess. But um, it's it's very interesting. Yeah. So if you I hit it, have there been like other, Lacey right now? Uh, let's 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 really set the world on fire. Punch that thing in the top of the head. I am not doing that. No, no. absolutely not. Okay. Well, trying to go for the ratings here. It's not working <laughs> out. <laughs> we won't isolate that clip. <laughs> Be telling Lacey to. BB I'm curious if there's been other novelty boppets like yeah. that. Like I know there's been other versions of the series, yeah. of game, you know. But like I was curious if like. Like here, here's an R two D two bop it. I was never Star good. Wars. I was never good at the boppets. I wonder if there was ever so a, I, an original Yoda here's a, bop it. Here's a Chewbacca bop it. You guys can't see it, but see, that's, you can. That is that. That should not exist. Okay, opinion. so my question is: Does it, whatever it does to Chewie, is what they do to Baby Yoda? Yeah. I guarantee it's you twist the head, you bop the head, and you pull the feet. But you know what? People are gonna be bopping all those things anyway. Because of that that episode. How many times have we said bop in this episode? So it comes down to whose fault is it? Is it John Favreau's or Taika Waititi's fault? And then we could blame those two actors, Sudeikis All I'm and thinking about is Pally, Adam, whatever his name is. Adam Pally talking about how John was like, you know, just just don't hit it so hard. Yeah. If you say bop it backwards, it's Ty Pob, and that sounds like a Star Wars name. Here's an Olaf bop it. I wouldn't mind hitting him. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's press press the bop it button to start on that one. I can't read the Chewbacca one, but I think it says something about the top of his head to start. Mm. Well, so it might be bop pressed it, down. Twist it. So what? Oh. What? I want to know what you guys out there think. Is it a big deal? Do you think this Baby Yoda bop it is a problem, or is this just one of those things where any product that ever exists in the history of the world, for the sake of uh, capitalism and commercialism and, and making that buck they're gonna make a baby yoda of like maybe they'll make a microphone a baby yoda microphone maybe they'll make baby yoda headphones and they'll have the ears they already have baby yoda headphones i'm, with baby I'm yoda, thinking so. that they they've yeah. already they've already got these deals in play and they have in a while because baby che- yoda mug. approved it because they had the rtd2 and the chewbacca one so they they just came up there was a meeting and they're like all right we're gonna do the boppet thing again you guys have a character well obviously baby yoda so we'll do that. That's a popular character. And I, I don't think they're thinking of it as like punch a baby. <laughs> I think they're just thinking of it as He's 50. popular Star Wars character, cute, whatever, yeah. R2, right. Chewbacca, so punch the Baby cute Yoda. Character. It's not punch the cute character. Actually, it is technically called the child. Does the packaging say the child on it? <laughs> Bop the child. <laughs> punch the child. No, I don't think it's a punch. I bet it's a... I bet it's a a bop is thing. different than a punch. I feel like we're in court right now, like on trial for like abuse. I didn't punch him, okay? I bopped him, bopped him on the. Head. I doesn't, bopped him in the face. Bop him right bop in the face. or punch or whatever. You're still hitting something. I bopped him out cold, man. He's just out. I'm gonna bop you. Tie bop, tie pop, tie bop. That's his name, actually. Season two, they're gonna reveal that his name is Tie Pop, James. Oh yeah, there we go. All right. Yeah, I don't know. It just says press the bop it button on the front of R2-D2, too. So I, you you might not even hit this thing. Oh, here's a BB-8 one, too. Guys, this is not new. Have you ever played no. bop it, James? 
Yeah. So it's not a gentle press. You're hitting this thing to try to go as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. It's not a gentle pat. With like the you're palm of your hand. Hitting it. You're not punching it. You're, you're not punching Bop It. Hitting it. You're still hitting it. It's the message of hitting a child that people are like. I think uh, I think it's I think people are pretending to be upset just for it to be funny. Yeah. It's not it, look, I'm not upset about it either. It's a toy, who cares? I'm just saying it's, it's a, a little bit bad taste. That's all I'm saying. What about the Chewy one? You're, you're okay with that? I didn't know a Chewy one existed until just mm. now. I would have said the same thing about Chewy. What if there was like a Padme one? <laughs> I don't know. Aren't there resistance? Or what if there was a What if there was a Tally one and it said "Bops away"? <laughs> See, but then I'd be okay with it. Then Lacey would buy seven of them. <laughs> yeah. She's like, <laughs> All right, now uh, let's get into some of the news stories going on. Uh, Star Wars is lighting up the headlines uh, in news, so we're going to talk about all of it right now in the Resistance Report. And uh, Mr. James Bainey is going to be our tour guide today. the resistance yes now is this is weird right because we just did a will of the force like last week that talked about this uh pretty specifically uh the question was like will he re- will oscar isaac return uh because he seems like kind of so-so about returning to star wars right now and then sure enough the next week we get this uh thing from deadline here so he he was doing this interview and it was mostly about all of the other the the movies that he's currently working on but kind of just him as an actor and um he was asked the question about you know how is it different working on these films than it is to say work on like the big budget star wars that you recently got off of and he said it's just a different world and i was born to play uh, the smaller roles. That's really what I want to do. That's, that's what I love about film. Uh, so then deadline followed up with, does that reduce the chances of a return for Poe Dameron one day? And his exact quote answer is, um, probably, but you know, who knows if I need another house or something. And that ended the, (laughs) the discussion (laughs) about it. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with uh, Lacey on this one. What what do you think about his statement here? And do you think it in fact like means that he's just donezo with Star Wars? So this statement and another statement from the interview stood out to me. I believe it's the same interview where he's talking about Dune, right? And like working on Dune and saying how they have mm-hmm. to go do reshoots. And he said the only movie I've ever mm-hmm. really done reshoots for was Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was kind of this, like, subtle jab of, like, oh, well, production-wise, the only productions that seem to have me redoing things is Dune and Star Wars. So, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, but I get from these answers that he's done with Star Wars for now, and he'd come back, like we said, if he got a big, fat paycheck but he's not interested in the sense of like, oh, Star Wars is my life and it's my destiny to play this role again. Um, I think, as with anybody, like if you look at like an Adam Driver, it's a job to him, you know? Obviously it's his life's passion, but it's also a job. So he would rather be doing other things, but he's willing to do Star Wars again if he 
needs a house if he wants that big paycheck, which who's going to turn down a Disney paycheck? Because you know they're mm. big. Um, but I don't know. I, I just get this sense that he's just not interested. And from the press tour, the way he talked about it and was kind of just like, I'm over this. I, I don't see him coming back. I really don't. Hmm. John, what do you think? You think he's coming back? Yeah, he'll come back. Um, <clears throat> kind of like how I guessed last week. And I'm going to stick to that. He'll come back and get killed off in the first one. Um, that was a good idea. I did like that idea. Just so it's not, oh, where'd Pogo? We're all still here, but he's gone um, yeah. because he doesn't want to do this anymore. <laughs> you know? So I think he'll come back and get killed off and that sort of thing. But, you know, it, he comes across as the artiste actor, like almost that he's above the action blockbuster stuff um which is not the oscar isaac we heard in 2014 2015 who's like i was a diehard star wars fan he's like i'm like you can't kill off my character uh, i was so excited to tell my uh, dad about it or whoever he was bragging to about it does it uh, make you wonder what happened i i honestly think it's just a maybe burnout um it's a lot of scrutiny um it's it's a lot of those things that come with it and look at you know harrison ford it was one of his first major gigs and then after three he's like i am so done with this stuff <laughs> So I think it just comes it's it's uh, comes with the territory of it. And some people stick to it and make it their identity like a Mark Hamill. And some people take the Harrison Ford route, which is I'm going to go now do other things and use this as my springboard. Um, not sure. to say Oscar Isaac uh, wasn't established already, but everything mm-hmm. he's saying here is I love the small movies. I was meant to do these, these art pictures, these indie flicks. Uh, where um, we'll do a shoot in a a span of three weeks that I feel like it takes six months to do on a big thing. Like, there's no such thing as reshoots on these indie movies. So him saying, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I had to do reshoots on these other movies, it's like there's no budget for that. They just make these movies. and They film for three weeks in a coffee shop, in in black and white probably, and it gets nominated for awards, and he loves that sort of thing. And that's, that's cool, man. But the only thing I don't like is... You don't really like, oh, if I need another house, like that's kind of a douche comment, honestly. <laughs> like, I, I just don't, li- I don't like that. And can why can't he just say like, well, you know, I dedicated five years of my life to that franchise and I loved it and it was a lot of fun. And, but now I want to go back to my roots. Like, I don't know. He's, it's, it was kind of off-putting to hear, to be honest with you. And then I, when we go back to, and this isn't like a, a roast Oscar Isaac thing, but remember when mm-hmm. I did we did the one-offs to Eunice Huthart? Yeah. And all she said about she she was so glowing about everybody, but Oscar Isaac, she was like, pretty good actor. Uh that's about it. Like I get this feeling that he may have had this sort of like I'm the artiste attitude on set where everyone else is maybe more energetic. And that's just me speculating, of course, which is um probably what I shouldn't be or doing. Maybe he didn't want to be there. Yeah, I don't know, but I think he'll come back, but I think it'll be a quick thing and uh, a way to um, respect everything that they've built to not ruin the continuity of it, and then he'll get out of there. But I think he'll be back. As long as John and John Boyg and Daisy Ridley come back, he'll probably pop back in for a little bit. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I, I, I agree with the, the comment about the house thing. That that always seems weird. And it, I, I don't like it too when it, it seemed in a weird way like it was gloating, gloating about how much money he made from it, you know? Especially in this climate. Um, people are like really having a rough time. Everyone's losing yeah. their jobs. Um, But the 
but but I know also too it was it was like another joke. He's not. I don't know that he was actually saying he was he had enough money to buy a house. I think that's just kind of a common phrase of like what people say when it's like if I if I need more money uh, f- to buy something that I don't need, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, yeah. But but I I, I do agree that um, I think he's burnout. I th- I like that aspect of it because i do remember i was really excited about him being in the movie um because of you know his ability to act and how excited he was about being in star wars and i was glad that they didn't kill off his character and it was i thought it was a smart move to make him one of the big three in the movie and all that um but I can definitely say that, like, from this might be out of left field, but like when I was in the band and stuff, I we definitely toured with people who loved the big shows. Yeah, more people the better. Big lights, big crowds, love it. Um, and then in turn, there was I, I would tour with people where they would say like, "Oh, I hate those shows." Those are the worst shows. You're 30 feet away from the crowd. It just looks like a blanket, empty, dark mass. There's no intimacy. The shows suck. They're always bad. You can't hear anything. You know, it's like, I, I, I understand that there are people that just enjoy the run and gun aspect of, uh, of a film like that. You know, he said they shot the movie and, the one that he's working on in three weeks and other movies it took like six months, you know? So, um, it is interesting though, at the beginning of the production process for the rise of Skywalker, when he would get interviewed about it, he was like, it's great that JJ's back. It feels like we're all here. We can improv It's So, you know, it's not as rigid, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just interesting to hear that interview and then what we witnessed on the, the press tour and then what we're hearing yeah. now. It's like, what happened, man? Well, like, the end of the press tour, too. You know, we we commented on the, the would you do Disney Plus or would you come back? Yeah. It was just like, no. Nah, I'm out. I'm <laughs> it's out. like, not even close. Also, it's like. Of course, it was. I think it was John Boyega who said no to Disney it's Plus. It's just right? tough yeah. when you hear that from people that you're like, man. And, and I don't, I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but it just feels like they're given this opportunity to be in a Star Wars movie, and you see them giving interviews of like, "Man, this sucks. I would never do this again," or "Oh, I would never do that." And you're just like, "I would kill to be in a Star Wars movie or a TV show or anything." Yeah. And I've- <clears throat> I, I appreciate honesty, um, of like more than anything. But I feel like sometimes, like John said, it just comes across a little, it just rubs me the wrong way that it's just like, I feel like you're taking this for granted. Also, the environment that he's in, in that interview, it's, you know, with um, the the guy who's making the film he's doing with now, The Card Counter, which is Paul Schrader, who is very acclaimed uh, artist, filmmaker, who wrote like, you know, Easy Riders and Raging Bull and all these classics. Mm, mm. So, you know, at least with me, sometimes when you're on you, a call with that person, you're on a call with like, that person, and they're asking you about Star Wars, <laughs> and you almost feel like you don't want to compromise you as the artist. So you almost make fun of. It's like when you go somewhere with like your little sibling, but and you see the cool kids from high school, and you like treat your like little sibling like crap. Right, and I get that, but yeah. 
I feel like if this was a one instance that I was like, oh, yes, that totally explains it. But it was mm-hmm. multiple things that he said over the past six months. About I understand. Star Wars and yeah, Star I, I, Wars I agree. that I'm like, again, yeah. like even now you think he'd be like, yeah, that was, you know what? Towards the end, it was a little rough, but I'm glad I did it. Uh, I don't know if I go back, but it is what it is like that. <coughs> that to me would have felt more, I don't know, less off putting than being like, oh, like get a house. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> me too. I wish I could buy another house. Yeah. <laughs> To, like tomorrow there's going to be an Adam Driver interview where he's like maybe if I need another house and I would say no <laughs> no, no this is what's going to happen I it's going to say the same thing about Adam Driver I want to make this clear because a lot of people say this all the time oh if Adam Driver did this I don't care who it is whoever says something like that is going to get the same answer from me if Daisy said it John said it I don't care there's going to be an article that says Adam Driver and wife buy new house and people are going to be like Adam Driver's coming back to Star Wars. He just bought a new house, guys. <laughs> yeah. But I do see that a lot. They're like, oh, well, what if it was Adam Driver? And I'm like, I'd still react the same. It doesn't matter who <clears> it that is. That Adam Driver, though. I feel like it, he, he's done, if we're just being serious. Like, yeah. he's never you know what's a You know what's another aspect of this, too? Like, um, sometimes when you're working in these environments, like, it's Oscar Isaac, it's Daisy Ridley, it's John Boyega, right? But also at the same time, I think that like in some of the circles with the people they're dealing with, like Daisy Ridley is not Kathleen Kennedy. She's not J.J. Abrams. She's not, you know, all these other producers and people who have been in the industry for years and, you know, and stuff. And and Oscar and, and um, John are probably in the same kind of situation. While as prestige as they are, they are still kind of like, hold on hold on you're not making star wars you're allowed to be in star wars we're letting you be in star wars kind of thing Mm -hmm. and that could also be a a tear on it you know all this work six months of shooting coming back to do reshoots and all that other stuff but then on top of it just the vibe of like who you are and then you go off of star wars and you do some of these indie movies and they're like oscar we're so blessed you joined us on this movie you know you're a gift from the gods we love you you know Mm -hmm. like this is all the money we have it's twenty dollars you know it's like you don't need to dye your hair black for this one man let those grays it's like when you go home to see your parents you know everything you've done is amazing and you're like you know you're right though in terms of like even boyega like and i love him and I, I root for him in Star Wars when people were giving him crap, you know? Mm-hmm. But even his comment about that you're not going to Disney plus me, and then you have Ewan McGregor, who has a way more successful career than John Boyega may ever like, have, saying like, I am so pumped to come back. We're doing it on the Disney plus, and that means we get more time, and I get to come back as Kenobi. Let's call it hello there. Like, I think these this new generation, mainly Oscar and, <laughs> and, and Boyega, need to like... Maybe dial the ego well, back well, up Ridley too. a little bit. Ridley too. She said she was done with Star Listen, Wars, and I, I was just they asked her if she was coming back too, and she's like, "No." My next point I though, D- Daisy has not made any snide comments though, or anything that made her, her feel like she was above it. She has yeah. kind of said like, "I think the the story feels finished," that sort of thing. I think yeah. we're done. There was one interview I saw her before the movie came out, and they're like, are we ever going to see Rey again? <clears throat> and she said, well, if the galaxy needs the Jedi, and she, like, winked. Like, I think Daisy may be under some kind of contract where she's coming back at some point. 
I, I there's I think they're really building around her, and you haven't heard much of her talking about Star Wars, but you hear these other two do it. Um, Driver's one thing; he was cashed that's out true. a while she ago. She could be booked for like six films. I'm touching on a six that, film deal. Hey, look, I it would make a lot of sense. Ray's a very popular character with a lot of people. A lot of young girls are going to be coming up. They're going to have a lot of voices in the fandom. I think Disney knows not to let her go. And, uh, and I don't know. I, I think she's without a doubt maybe already locked down. I know we're doing a lot of speculating here, but that's part of the yeah. fun. Especially when news isn't piping hot. <laughs> so so this is like a will of the force. Like, will Daisy Ridley return? <laughs> no. I hope she does. I I, yeah. I really, really like Gotta her. Gotta sell those gold she lightsabers, does. baby. I'm still um, waiting for mine, Hasbro. Yeah, come on, bro. Come on. Is it a product bro. that you can buy? Not yet. Not yet. Oh, you're just saying you're waiting for them I'm to waiting make it. Waiting for it. I thought knowing Lacey, it went on sale and she jumped on some group chat where they bombed the website in order to get yeah. their <laughs> I feel anyway, uh, they right made now. six of them, five of them <laughs> going to Lacey's house. <laughs> She's like, hey, me and my 90 friends are offended. (laughs) uh, People have been pointing me to like uh, some like off-brand saber company and I've done my research. Saber Force? No, I'm not going to say who it is because I've done my research and they have a bad reputation. But that being said, John's lightsabers. Yes. I would rather buy from Disney and Hasbro because that's like the official one. So I'm hoping yeah. they, they make it. I I really wish we got to see that more of that saber in the movie. That's my one. Well, my let's one be wish. honest. She Ray at this point is the light of the Jedi and she is the future of the franchise. <laughs> Did oh you have gosh. to put that in there? You couldn't just say yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Saber Forge too. I was like Saber Force? It's not. Th- it's not. That so, hey, unless they're going to sponsor us, we're not saying their names. That's that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Sabre. Unless um, I get another right. house, I'm not. Right. <laughs> right. Unless I need another lightsaber, I'm not coming back to. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Well, uh, do you guys want to talk a little bit about the High Republic? John was alluding to the High Republic being the light of the Jedi, and that is in oh. fact what we got. <laughs> you did not get the segue <laughs> at all. No. Absolute, she was like, did you have to say that? Absolutely. <laughs> like, absolute home run 2-0 pitch over the center of the plate. By the way, baseball is coming back. The Yankees are coming back. So I'm very how excited pumped about are you? That. Oh, I'm so One and 30. Uh, all I right. wonder how Ryan's doing now that baseball's back. Uh, I don't know. But he's all about Vader coming back. He commented on our episode. Oh, very yeah. excited about that potential. Yeah. Ryan, right. let us go to a baseball um, game. So IGN got an exclusive... IGN got an exclusive uh, reveal of the first chapter. They got to put it up. And uh, there was a lot of, there was like a, an interview with Charles Soule. And he talked a little bit about the book. And then they delivered the first chapter for you. Um, interesting, right? Interesting. This is the this is the setup. John, you want to you take us into what you think of uh, this chapter? Did you read it? Yes. Um, I could tell by his faces when you ask him a question, what his answer is going to be. Well, I don't like being negative, right? I like to be, give my honest take, though. That's um, what you get on YouTube. You get John's faces. <laughs> <laughs> so Charles Soule is definitely a good writer in terms of painting pictures in your head and understanding where people are and how they're seated and how they're moving and maybe what they're um, going through. Um, I think he's great at that. Um so I think that's uh, a supreme talent of his. But when you know when I read this thing, 
it felt like a lot of the criticisms, James, that you gave to the DJ Older Last Shot stuff in terms of referentials to species um, that maybe lump together in certain aspects of Star Wars, um, you know, hut armadas. Um, the the thing that like made me kind of cock my head a little bit was the family of Bith right next to an Ortalan, which is the species of the Cantina Band right next to a species of Max Rebo. So I'm like, oh, so all the musician species from the history of Star Wars are on this ship together <laughs> hanging out. Um, and then the other thing that bothered me a little bit was I'm like, and Charles Soule's really just going for the old Han Solo vibe, talking to his ship sort of thing. Like, you can do it, old gal. Like, we've been through a lot together, and we'll get through this together and hold together. And I don't know. I, I didn't I didn't really register with this. Um, I think the, the best part to me was the part with the kids. Um, but even though that, it was like, like a kid asking someone if they could watch the iPad and like, can you download more shows on Netflix for me? Like, it just didn't, I didn't feel like I was really reading Star Wars. <laughs> Um, but the ending kind of, it gives you that hook and it's smart of them to do that where you're like, oh wow, there's this, uh, the ship just gets all out of whack and now this lead person dies and we don't know where we're left at this point. So it makes you want more. And I get that. Um, didn't love it though. I'll be honest. There's a lot. Um, I, you know, I was left unimpressed to be honest with you about this. And I know it's just one chapter in a book of you know, a lot of stories we're going to be getting into here, mm-hmm. but boy, I, I just, um, they, they don't have me yet. That's all I'll say. And I know a lot of people love Charles soul, especially with the Kylo Ren stuff. I wasn't even, I wasn't that huge of a fan of that. I think his Vader stuff is really good. Um, but this so far did not do it for me. What do you think, Lazy? James, I want you to go next. Um, Parts of it I liked, parts of it I didn't. Um, I just got off of. Well, we're gonna talk about Alphabet Squadron here in a second, but um, that's a. It's a tough read. Uh, Alphabet Squadron is, and uh, so coming into this, I felt like I was just blazing, blazing through it. Even though there were details about ships and there were numbers and different species and stuff, and I, I was like, I was. It was very easy to picture what was going on, and yeah, uh, that's for like sure. you said follow the character kind of through the thing. And I was like, okay, I'm in this. Um, I, I liked that. Um, I liked that. I got the idea that this was not a, this was going to be the first time that we haven't really gotten a war. Uh, Star Wars. Cause we're so used to general Mace Windu and general uh, <laughs> or Admiral Akbar. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, all these um, military situations right. and characters and ranks and other things like that. And when reading this, I was like, man, this is right. This is just, this is just people being frontiersmen, you know, and just going out into the wild and um, seeing what's out there and fighting what's out there and stuff like that. And it's not really so much like a colonel and, and a captain and all this other stuff. And I was like, okay, well that, that's cool. And I really like that. That definitely branches away from what I'm familiar with, with star Wars, even if there's like a couple of books that aren't exactly like that. I mean, like even, even Thrawn like comes from that world and then moved back into that world. You know, um, there's no escaping that military. Um, the, the one thing that I just, I was having a hard time with was the fact that this is the great disaster. 
This is the thing that offsets all of this stuff. And in a weird way, like, and I don't, I don't know, 9,000 souls is a, is a lot. That's a lot of people, but like in a, in a galaxy of people, I don't know. It just it's seems like drawn blowing up. Yeah. 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 And even then, Alderaan wasn't... It felt like it was like, hey, did you hear about Alderaan? That sucks. It wasn't like a galactic, like, oh my god, what are we going to do? Like, you know, it wasn't World War One. Like, um, I don't know. That seemed a little strange. And I also, I couldn't wrap my head around how... I don't know, she's piloting in, in hyperspace. Like, right, right. oh, I can see it. It's... It's it's in front. Better dodge it. I'm like, do we not understand speed of light? Do we not do we not know what's they going on? They also were here? like, it's going to hit us in 10 seconds and then there were like seven paragraphs. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know, just something about like they dodged it and I'm like, they dodged it and then just the pressure was the caused the ship to blow the up. Ships back. <laughs> it was weird. I was kind of like I would just rather they have said, this makes no sense, but there's nothing we can do now. Boom, head on into it. And just be like, what happened? How, who, who got fired that day, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for miscalculating or, or who purposefully put this thing in a hyperspace lane or something. And I'm sure it'll probably all branch off of that, but I just thought it was weird that part of it was dodging the obstacle and then still dying. I don't know. I thought that was weird. But all right, Lacey, what do you think? Um still excited for it. Got to say it. Yeah, I have to see where the book goes because this chapter obviously doesn't set up our main characters. It's just like setting the premise of what the story is, which reading it it felt very It's actually the end of the book, too. <laughs> <laughs> that was the I, main character. <laughs> I kind of felt like I was watching like a movie in the sense of like a disaster movie where in the first 10 minutes some person that you don't care about dies but it sets off the course of where your Mm -hmm. main character is gonna go and you're like okay um i didn't like connect with this this captain that we're learning about in the first chapter and i'm like okay cares about her ship blah 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 okay she's dead and i'm like well that sucks but like i didn't get that payoff of oh this is really really terrible because again, it's just there was a lot of stuff being thrown at me that I was very confused about. Like you said, James, like how are they maneuvering the ships and stuff? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You got I, your eyes closed. I was like, did you fall asleep during my explanation of this book? Me? Yeah. I was looking down. It looked like you were Does sleeping. Does that look like I'm was, asleep? Yeah. And <laughs> just tilt like, your I mean, head slightly, James. I mean, I, 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 I get that. He's out. I'm not not no. doing a good job, but uh, no. Um, yeah, it wasn't that interesting to me. I, I, I kind of, like you said, James, or I forget who said it, but uh, like, it's not about a war. So there's no fighting. It's just like, oh, this ship blew up. And you're like, okay, but like, where's the war part in Star Wars? It, so it, yeah, it has this whole like, uh, she's been through so much and her bone aches when she stands up and it's like, okay, so we get it. This person's been through a lot and you know, she's probably not in her prime anymore. Um, just like her ship. And I get that whole like relationship sort of thing, mm-hmm. but 
and I, you know, people are going to be like, well, you know, it's setting it up and we're going to see where this goes and who knows what happens to all those people and do some of them get out and, and whatever. And I get that, but we just have to respond to this in a bubble, which is this chapter. And what does this chapter do for you? And so I, I understand that there's probably going to be more meaning given to this chapter once we understand where this is going and that sort of thing. Um, I don't know who selects these chapters because I feel like the Thrawn chapter too, I was like... Well, is this, am I, was this the first chapter of the book or am I? It's chapter one. Okay. So I don't, I just don't know. I I don't know. Like when I read it, I did not feel like I was reading Star Wars. And, you know, sometimes these books to me read like fan fiction. It's almost like people trying to think what would Star Wars sound like? Or what would it read like? And that's what I got with the whole, like, her talking to the ship and the ship is a female and she's saying, like, hang together, you can do it. I'm like, that's Han Solo telling the Millennium Falcon to not burst into pieces. I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just, it something about it misfires with me. and It didn't hook me, I'll yeah. say that. Like, I didn't read it going like, oh my gosh, I need to read more. Yeah. Yeah. I know people are going to be bummed that I said that, but I, yeah, I'm just being honest. Yeah, I, I I have no doubt that I'm going to read more. I mean, I think I'm hooked enough that it would have to be, like, really bad for me to be like, this just stupid. <laughs> I want to see what happens you to know? all the people on the ship and the kids and that. Because they're not... Oh, they're, they're not, You think they're all dead? I, I don't they're see any... Dead. I don't see anybody could speculate that they survived. They're That's the dead. point the of the pre- great disaster. Yeah, the premise is that it breaks into pieces and aren't the pieces flying at different rates in different places? That's the premise. And so yeah. the Jedi are responsible I, of like trying to like what can we do to fix this problem? The, what if one of those I mean, kids I went know, looking I for? I know you could still tell the story of being like, yeah. oh, there were nine thousand on board, and why would they introduce you, know, you to kids like that? Ten lived. Then? What? Why would they introduce you to little kids like that then? Because the situation needed to, gravity. Yeah, that the kids I know, died. but still, like. But yeah. that's the point: is that you're like, oh my gosh, those kids <laughs> yeah. died. I know, that's, but they just, just say that there were kids on board. Don't don't have me meet the kid and have him hold me the iPad and tell him to put on. That makes it better. No, there, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does, because otherwise you have no connection. Charles Soul has yeah, no what soul. What are you talking about, John? Terrible. Anyway, he's crazy. Oh, God. Um, Here, meet this kid. He's really cute and stuff. Dead. What? Why that's would this movie point. bother to show me the main character if they're just going to kill him at the end? They're not the main <laughs> character. That's the point of the story. <laughs> get out of here. You want to get the the emotional weight of understanding what that person's going through. Anyway. Speaking of books. Um, yeah. The, the Well, the very last thing that I was going to say about it is just, I think you're right, Lacey, to the point of like, it's like, the light of the Jedi. This is about the Jedi, the future of the Jedi. Here's the first chapter. And you're like, yay. And it's like a bunch of people drove into a wall. And you're like, oh, it doesn't have anything to do with the Jedi. John asked me what I thought. My first sentence was, hey, it's Star Wars. Everyone's dead. <laughs> like That was my, I just, you know, you wanted to, I'm excited to, to meet the main characters that are Jedi. Why didn't like, they introduce us to kids on Alderaan before they blew it up in Star Wars to give it emotional weight? I'm just curious. Because they would have done it. <laughs> George would have done it. John, look at every Disney movie. Parents die. Kids die. There always has to be something that this drives the This is Star Wars, not Disney. Point. It's Disney Star Wars. Why, why couldn't the beginning of Up just told us that his wife died? 
<laughs> Give me, I'm giving you Star Wars examples. You're giving me Pixar stuff. Come on. I was We're giving you say, just examples yeah. of how stories work. Oh, get out of here. That's such a, what a pretentious jerk comment. Unbelievable. So like a good example would be Harry Potter. You have to learn that Harry's parents died to that then. Fine. They're grownups. The Don't give me the little kid. All right. John has an emotional <laughs> issue right now. I think I do. Um, let's go ahead and talk about that Alphabet Squadron story. So Al- Alphabet Squadron Shadowfall, the second book of the trilogy is out now. Uh, I've read it and... Kyle Larson read it. He also works for Star Wars Newsnet and wrote the review Mm -hmm. of the book uh, for the site. We did a book discussion where we just kind of openly talked about the book as well as a new thing that we're trying out where we just kind of said, hey, we figure you're probably not going to read this or don't have the time to read it or whatever. So we just kind of told you what happened. Spoilers ahead. Um, and that was a fun experiment. I think people like the video. We, we, I think we'll try it again um, when the next book comes out. But uh, I wanted to see what you guys thought um, about Shadowfall. I'm going to be honest. John? I didn't read this, so Lazy. don't go to me. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go? Either one. I don't care. So I haven't read the book. Um, didn't it come out what, two days ago? No, like almost a week ago, six days ago. Okay. I need like six months. Um, (laughs) I, um, no, I, but I did watch your spoiler video. So I do recommend that Mm -hmm. to people. Um, that gives you kind of like all the beats you need to know for the Canon connectivity and that sort of thing. And there's definitely interesting, interesting stuff in this. Um, I, I don't think I will read this because this isn't the type of star Wars I'm into. Um, I like more of the, um, familial stuff and and that sort of stuff and not so much the squadron military tactics and Same. espionage uh, right, stuff right. I, I like the i like the stuff that dave filoni said it's about in the disney gallery but anyway uh i do like what you guys said about it i find it interesting that you have like these mo- this mole in the system who you know herod I, I guess we'll just are we say, saying spoilers here like are we warning people that we're talking spoilers for alphabet squadron i guess at this point Mm, I wouldn't probably. You don't want me to give. You want me to just give you a general thoughts on the story? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Books out. I I I know what happens. You know what happens. But do we want to spoil? No. It? All right. So we don't have to spoil it. I'll, I'll just say this. I I mean I think it's um. I think people who liked the first one will probably like this one. I think people didn't like the first one probably won't like this one, and that will continue. Um, I don't know how important it's going to be to the overall story of Star Wars, um, but it'll be a cool niche carved out uh, in the post, in the between original trilogy and sequel trilogy era. Um, if you like Harrison Dula, you're probably going to be right up your alley. Um, and uh, I, I, I'm going to go along for the ride uh, in terms of like understanding the story and absorbing the absorbing the important beats, just in case. Um, there are things like some of the stuff that you and Kyle talked about in the video. I was like, wow, they went that way. That's pretty interesting. Um, and how it ties to certain things that happened with Palpatine and that sort of stuff was cool to me. Um, but I don't think I'm going to read it, um, because of the stuffiness to it and that sort of thing. And you know what, James, I did not know. And maybe you had talked about this. Um, he wrote the, uh, the Rogue One, uh, novelization, which, uh, Mm -hmm. I, I, 
uh, it's kind of interesting because it's a little similar in terms of the espionage, espionage angle. But where I mm-hmm. went from this is talking about how it's been received so far. So the first one, Alphabet Squadron, had a 4.04 on Goodreads. Um, I'm sorry. The first one had a 3.79 out of 5 on Goodreads. This one currently has a 4.04, even though it's still early. Not a lot of reviews mm-hmm. on there yet. Um, but I've been having a really hard time trying to find resources on book sales and how these books are doing uh hubs where there's like like where's the rotten tomatoes or the imdb for books like i can find out mm-hmm. how many albums uh a, a band i like sold but i have a hard time finding out how many copies of a book is sold i'm curious to see that because that's definitely a good read and barometer on what type of stories they're going to be telling in star wars uh literature going forward like if you know the second padme book tanked and didn't sell well probably not going to get too many more stories about that uh so mm-hmm. i wish there was a way for us as fans to get an idea publicly on what is working and what isn't um so that we can know maybe what the direction of star wars uh, storytelling in terms of literature is going um mm-hmm. and also with the high republic coming up i'm going to be very curious on how that's received because you know my theories on that that i thought that they were going to be connected to those movies by benioff and wise so um yeah that that's where i'm at with this if we're not going to you know get into the the spoilery stuff on this yeah anything Lacey what what do you think I actually have no thoughts on this and I don't mean to like shortchange this topic but I haven't read the book I'm not into this kind of military stuff so just not my my cup of tea um well then I'll I'll say you know Alphabet Squadron to me I barely got through it I read through it and I didn't really remember any of the story. It was just like so hard. And I've, you know, kind of, uh, said that about Alexander Freed and his other books as well. Um, but I knew, I knew that with this book coming up and it being part of a trilogy that I was, I was going to kind of in a way forcefully be handed this, these stories. So I might as well like try to do my best to learn them. Mm-hmm. So I went back and I really studied up and, and, um, tried to find out, you know, what is the story of Alphabet Squadron? How did it go down? Who are the characters? What What is it? And then I re-listened to the whole book a second time, and I, it helped so massively uh, to uh, to understand the characters and stuff. Then going into Shadowfall, while it's still a pretty heavy read, and, and I was glad that I had Kyle there to kind of walk me through it, and uh, me, him as well. Um. I definitely like this book better. Um, but you, you are right that these stories aren't going to be part of the bigger, bigger thing. They never will be. Um, but the thing is, is there's like, they're kind of like the underground of star Wars, right? When we got shattered empire, people are like, Oh, it's just a comic, but it's like, but that's where you're first introduced to the messengers. And then the messengers showed up in Battlefront. And then the messengers showed up in the Aftermath series. That's and the fair. messengers show up again in, in uh, the Alphabet Squadron books. And anything that's really kind of in that era, um, now you're, you're watching in Alphabet Squadron, you're learning all about Vanguard Squadron from afar. And we're getting ready to go into Squadrons, where Vanguard Squadron is going to be the, the main front. Is it the same timeline? All of this... Yeah, it's basically like all of the all of this stuff happens in the one year between Return of the Jedi and Battle of Jakku. So like the aftermath book, Shattered Empire. Yeah. Um, right, right. 
and all that. And so it's great because I'm, I'm watching squadrons and I see Hera in the background and I see Ray Sloan and I'm like, man, aftermath characters. And I just want to see it all and coming to live action. And it just feels like the subculture of things that like you're really into and it's all connected, but let's be real. It's not going to be in a movie. Yeah. So well, let me, let me ask you two a, quick a lot questions. of people just aren't going to care. Um, d- does this, uh, these two series of books, maybe this one more than the last one, change your um, opinion or understanding of the character of Hera? And second question, do you think any of the new characters introduced in this have any weight to the point where they can be vaulted and appear in other media? Um, doesn't change my opinion of Hera. I think they've they've kind of aged her up a little bit. Um but I think that uh, you never know. Um, you never know with any of the other characters. That I think right now probably the the big one to maybe focus on would be like the the main character of the the two books, Erica. Erica. Okay. But yeah. But other other than her, um, it's always going to be a surprise, right? Who they decide to be like? Um, oh, here's this person from sure, sure. the show sure. they just walked on screen in this video game or something and you're like oh shoot yeah. it's all connected all right. um, but that's it that's it for resistance report uh, Lacey you want to take us into the pod race yeah so it's time for the Patreon pod race So there are a lot of ways that you can support us you can like this video comment subscribe follow us on twitter at R-B-A-T-S-W-N-N. And if you want more content and more of us all the time, because who doesn't, uh, you can head over to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. All right. So to kick this off, I'm going to thank our highest tier, which is our generals, um, because they're awesome and they support us so much so thank you to andrew staley jeremy myers neil shaw david probus john reesey micah harrison michael gaines jetta rosewater bethany russ kendall gelnar and val trichkoff thank you so much for being part of the resistance um yes. so thank you, in this segment we give generals a chance to be a part of the show and answer a Star Wars related question and then we react to it. So this week we have General Mello in España and his question was if you heard blank uh was directing an upcoming Star Wars feature film w- you would be over the moon excited and why? So we asked him basically like which director would you just be like so excited for? And so Mello take it away. Hello guys, and greetings from España. Well, that's a really good question. And um, I was thinking somebody like uh, Dennis Villeneuve or Ridley Scott, because I really like what they did with um, Blade Runner series. Um, I know it's a little greedy and outside the usual Star Wars audience, but I think it will be great, especially after what The Mandalorian did, how it went a little bit more, uh, a more uh, mature audience, you could say that. I will also be open to Wes Anderson. I love his movies. They're quirky. They're fantastic. And maybe this little known director, uh, George Lucas. I don't think you guys heard of him. Well, 
that's all I have. Stay safe. Your response. Awesome. Awesome job, Mello. Great answer. John, what did you think of Mello's answer? Well, <laughs> unexpected. Um, <laughs> I feel like usually Mello, Mello is usually like, I have this in mind and this is my answer like usually it's like i love that person i don't like that fit or that and this one he was like well they got this one then we can go over to this one and then we'll put this one into the first one of that version this person did the sequel to that version let's get them in um and then he ends it with george lucas at the end so uh <laughs> i don't know mellow um you spun my head like a top but i liked your explanation of your answers though um, you always have a good way of selling your point. So, um, well done. Um, but, uh, I'm really bummed. I'm not going to get a chance to hang out. I know we were all looking really forward to celebration, especially you coming home and, and doing all that. So I hope you're not too bummed. Um, I hope, uh, we see you soon and later when you come back this way. But again, I hope you and your family are doing well over there in Spain and, uh, I hope you guys are doing better than some of us are over here in terms of the pandemic stuff so um thanks again for being our longest uh, tenured general and one of the best star wars fans i know and again great job uh with the padres james he picked one of your faves what do you think um yeah no this is fire roller coaster of mellow <laughs> i was like this thing started and i was like that's right you know, yeah, Danny, let's get him. Oh, man, this is going to be a good answer. And then literally, like, took a turn <laughs> for, like, the exact opposite. The The director that is usually, and I, I'm not here to say that he's bad I or feel not, like not, he not was a personal answer, fragment. though, when we good talked director. about this. What? When we talked about this in Will of the Force of, like, what director we wouldn't be excited for, I'm pretty sure Wes Anderson was your choice. No, because I I don't even think it's me. I think he's the go-to example of a director that should never do Star Wars because he's sure. he's the exact opposite of a fit for the, the series. Right. But I was Star like, Wars okay, so he's tone. like, he's like, yeah, a really good one, and then all of a sudden, just like the complete opposite. Uh, and then, and then mellow. You did the joke. You did the joke that I don't like. <laughs> the one where you're, oh, a little known baseball player ever heard of him, Babe Ruth, you know, or whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, ah, come on. It's too easy. I see you, Mello. I see what you're doing. But thanks, man. Thanks for being a general. Thanks for doing the pod race. For sure. Yeah, I think Blade Runner is a, a great movie, 2049, to like kind of the look of it, how it's shot, everything about it is just wonderful and i think that mm -hmm. anybody that sees that movie is like yes that would be an awesome star wars look um so that makes sense but thank you so much for your answer thanks for being part of the resistance we really appreciate it uh we love having you in the community and now we're gonna head to john to hear from other people in the community with ask the resistance yeah that's what we do here we like to involve our mm -hmm. community um mm -hmm. and i think the, the director Keep of photography for that 2049 was the director of photography for episode nine. Solo. Solo. Solo? That was episode Bradford nine. Young. Yeah. All right. Ask the resistance time. Let's go. I've been wondering, what are midi-chlorians? 
I have also been wondering what are midichlorians, Anakin. Thank you so much for asking, but we're not going to answer your question today. Lacey, this first one's <laughs> going to you. It is by Din Jarlane. <laughs> not Din Jarlane. Star Wars uh, Ian. Star Wars Ian. Um, he asks, what role do you think Jyn Erso would have had in the Rebellion if she managed to survive the events of Rogue One? Lacey Gillerin. That's a great question. Thank you for asking it. Um... I can't help but sometimes you always think like what would happen to this character if they didn't die because it's always so sad when they die, especially Rogue One. I think they had to because it really pushed the story along. But um, I'd like to think that she would, you know, stay with the rebellion and, and see it through. And um, I also like to to think of the idea that like her and Leia would kind of butt heads at first because they're both very strong personalities but then they'd like get into a scenario where they're like they'd end up as best friends like that's that's what I would like for Jin um I also think that obviously she would probably have a romance with Cassian at some point because they were kind of like leading you there in Rogue One but they were still on that friendship spot Mm. um Mm -hmm. But I could see that developing if they had more than one movie, this will they, won't they type of scenario. Um, but yeah, that's my answer. Nice. Good answer. All right, James. This one's going to you from Caitlin at Force Knowledge. Mace Windu, great Jedi or one of the reasons Anakin turned? Ooh. Friend or foe? Um, man, it's a loaded question. I... I will fall back kind of on a thing that I don't even know is a um I don't even know if it's a hot take anymore or mm. if it is now and it didn't used to be but I still kind of believe that the Jedi for a thousand generations were good people and they're it wasn't something that was slowly declining um I think that the reason the Jedi fell was because they were infiltrated by Palpatine they he they didn't know what was going on but his existence as a Sith was the thing that really fell the Jedi, unless they want to tell another story. Um, and so to me, I think that it's undeniable that Mace Windu and all the Jedi were, you know, part of the reason that Anakin fell. But I do think that um, if not for the trickery and, um, you know the 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 menace that Palpatine was. Um, yeah, I mean he's he's a great Jedi. There's a reason he is on the council, and he's one of the leaders uh, at the time. So yeah, I I say great Jedi, but still undeniably you know, one of the reasons Anakin turned. Yeah, yeah, fair, so good answer. Kind of both, but in a real way, not a fake out way. Right, right on. All right. Uh, thank you, Caitlin, for that. Um, last one here. Simplified Danny asked, is there any time period or character story arc during any part of the Skywalker saga timeline that you would like to see explained or explored? And if so, what is it? And in what format? Live action, Disney Plus, movie, animated, book, comic. Um, I am cheating a little bit here, but it touches this timeline. Uh, Palpatine, uh, early, early Palpatine. I think that would be a, an amazing Disney Plus series, seeing him uh, killing Plagueis and, and kind of planting the seeds uh, that we see starting to fester and grow in The Phantom Menace. 
I think you get a, a dynamic actor who can pull off a similarity to a young uh, Ian McDiarmid. I know a lot of people have said to get Tom Hiddleston to do it. I'm like sure Matt there's Smith? other. I would rather get somebody. Stop it right now. Uh, Terry Crews. I'd rather get Terry Crews would be good. I'd rather get someone unknown, so then you can like <laughs> like I always say with Star Wars, so you look Smith. at you look at that face, and then who? <clears throat> you look at that face, and then you say that's. Young Palpatine. So I would love to see a miniseries, eight episodes, ten episodes of uh, the rise of uh, Palpatine. Uh, I think that'd be compelling. And we get get a little canon live action Plagueis in the mix. So that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. Um, thanks for the question there, Danny. I'm, st- I'm still in for Terry, but another Cruise, Tom. Tom Cruise would be good. Tom Cruise would be or a great... Or this guy named yeah. Matt Smith. Palpatine. Yeah. yeah. Or the- someone... You just need someone when you look at his face, you're like... That's Palpatine. Or what about what about uh, what about um, Enda Enda? Yeah, and, um, and the, Charlie's Theron. End the show because that's what we're gonna do here. Charlie's Theron. Jeez. <laughs> James, you're a monster. Um, all right, guys. I was gonna say, did you see Monster? <laughs> she can transform. That yeah. was a real that's long a, shot. That's an actress. All right. Does she have a movie called Long Shot? <laughs> she does. Yeah. With Seth Rogen. Oh my God. Jeez. You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is the end of the show. If you do want to send in your questions, uh, tweet us at RBATSWNN. Uh, we're always putting up a tweet asking for them, uh, or you can just at any time use the hashtag AskTheResistance or email us, resistancebroadcast at gmail.com. Um, thank you to everyone who is watching and listening, being a part of the resistance. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to us on Apple Podcasts. Look out, rate the resistance going until Friday. So make sure you get your entries in if you want to win the Makes a Little Two Happen red shirt, which you can't buy anymore at teespring.com slash store slash resistance broadcast where our other gear is. Uh, but SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, subscribe and share the show with your friends because that is how we grow. We really appreciate that very much. Make sure you go to StarWarsNewsNet.com every day for all of your Star Wars news and all that other good stuff, including uh, the um, written review by Kyle Larson about Alphabet Squadron. Um, you guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing and editing over at StarWarsNewsNet.com. James? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Myra Trunks. Lacey? People can find me doing a deep dive investigation of what happened to Matt Smith in The Rise of Skywalker on Twitter and Instagram, at Lacey Gillerin. Excellent, excellent. And the reason why this ending is so short is because we have to get on a call with our admirals and general officers from Patreon right now. So the party's about to begin over there. If you're not one of those, sign up. If not, we'll see you on Thursday with another episode right here on The Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.